There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hello. You're listening to BFN. This is the podcast about infertility, IVF, and the trials of trying for a baby. I'm Emma. And I'm Gabby, and we're both card carrying members of the Infertility Club. Experiencing lots of burps because I've just drunk a load of lemonade. So I just have to get that out now in case it happens in the next few minutes because it might do. Mate, bank holiday Monday, drinking the lemonade, downing it. Were you chugging it? I was chugging, I was chugging it. Well, I mean, I should say the only reason there's lemonade in the house is because I had sangria for lunch. So. So I have been drinking proper proper juice right. as well. I just, just, right. just most recently I've just chugged a load of lemonade. Okay, well, yeah. I'm, I'm sure the listeners are, are really looking forward to that. Well, I think that's what they tune in for, right? <laughs> just your gassy sounds. Yeah, exactly. My bodily functions. <laughs> oh dear. Mm. Sorry, all. Um, yes, welcome to today's episode. Yes. Uh, who are we talking to today, Gabs? Oh, wow. We are talking to Erin Holland, who is an Australian superstar. She's a superstar, isn't she? She fucking is. She does um, everything. Yeah, because we were just talking about this. We were like, oh, let's just make sure that we know like, everything that she does. So we looked her up because we knew she was a singer and a TV host and had done some modelling. But it turns out she um, was also a sports presenter and a dancer and a charity worker and also... Um, that she has um, a really, she has achieved, this is Wikipedia, achieved advanced qualifications in classical voice, clarinet and theory. <sighs> wow, what a woman. Mm-hmm. I used to play the clarinet. Well, now she's your best friend. So yeah. Erin, I... when you're listening, which I'm sure you will, uh, <laughs> Emma's now your BFF. Yeah, I mean, I would say I did not achieve advanced qualifications in clarinet. Did you not? My well, one of my best friends played the clarinet, and she was—I liked her very much, but it wasn't wasn't for me. <laughs> the low notes are nice. I'm not a big fan of the high notes. Uh, okay, yeah, I got I got seduced by um, oh, 
oh, what was it called? It was like Incarta Music or something like that. Oh, and they yeah. had this. Oh, cool. Yeah, there was a clarinet solo from Peter Peter and the Wolf, which is really, it's like, it's the cat. It's really nice. It's really like those lovely, deep, woody no- notes. And I was oh, like, yeah, I want to play that instrument. And then I found out that a lot of it is that like high kind of thin reedy sound, which is right. so nice. Can you include some of that at the end of this episode? <laughs> what, a bit of uh, Peter and the Wolf? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, probably licensed, so probably going to find that hard. But um, look, if any listeners want to play, who who played the clarinet, want to play Peter and the Wolf, I will include it <laughs> in the next episode. Massive digression. Um, yeah. So yes, we spoke to Erin um, because, um, as you might imagine, given that we've spoken to her, she is experiencing some fertility struggles. Yeah. And it's, do you know what I really loved about this conversation is it's not your usual, it's not our usual interview, is it? No, it's not. Because it's not. she's... The way the way she's kind of gone about this is very different to the rest of us. Um, yeah, she doesn't want a so, baby right now. Yeah, which is unlike you know ninety ninety nine percent of our, our interviewees. So yeah, it's interesting in that sense. Yeah, but also she's so kind of raw about it, even yeah. though she's not necessarily like got the same kind of em- emotions as like those who have been trying for years and years. It's really it's really interesting. It is interesting. It's slightly different, but it is also it, she is going through grief as well. And so I find yeah, it. Um, she's very. Um, she's very articulate about it, and I really enjoyed talking to her. And um, yeah, she was great. So thank you, Erin. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also talking. Well, we'll have a little chat ourselves. Um, if you want to skip that bit, please do. Um, yeah, trigger warning. Yeah, trigger warning. It's a continuation of our conversation last week, which was um, the outcome of pregnancy test. So if you want to skip it, I will make sure the time code is in the um, in the show notes. Um, I think we'll also, we're going to move it to the end of the show like we did last time. Okay. So that you can listen to the Erin interview and then just turn off. And Professor Tim. And Professor Tim, obviously. Yeah, yes. don't, don't turn off poor Professor Tim. Who is going to be talking about, Emma? He's going to be talking about what happens if you don't respond well to stims. Is there anything you can do? So interesting. Because it's happened mm-hmm. to a few people that we know, hasn't it? That there's just nothing yeah. has happened. Yeah, mm. absolutely. So um, he's he's got something to say about that. He certainly does. Um, and other news, we were at Carfest at the weekend. Yes, we were. Yeah, we were. Oh, yeah. Headline act on the infertility stage. Whoop, whoop. Um, yeah. I mean, we talked to Emma Guns about about like BFN and stuff, and she was a really good interviewer. Like, if you haven't heard her podcast, check it out. Yeah. Um, she's she and she was just really lovely as well. She was very lovely. It was quite nice being interviewed by her, wasn't it? It was, it was nice gentle, and, gentle and tender. It was a gentle. It was gentle and tender. It was, and there was at least I think three people in the audience that were there to listen to us. <laughs> um, so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there was one woman who was pregnant after infertility, and she um she did she had a tear. So I think yeah. I I kind of wanted to run after her and give her a hug afterwards. Um, yeah, she's listening. If you are the lady who is pregnant after infertility who asked us the question about that, and um just know that I wanted to run after you and give you a hug, but I yeah. couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. It was. It was. It was a great experience. It. What. What I'm taking away from it is that. Um. 
it was amazing to have infertility on the lineup of a fucking festival. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like, it's a f- festival yeah, with like big bands, you know, the usual festival vibes plus people talking about infertility. That is such but, an important thing. Yeah. And it wasn't just us either, was it? Because Izzy Judd was there. We, bump- we bumped into. We did. Infertility uh, celeb off. It's great. <laughs> celeb off. Like we're celebs. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Lol. Um, yeah and then and yeah and uh, Russell Brown was there and I was eminently disappointed because I've always said to myself Emma if there's one celebrity that you probably stand an okay chance of pulling it's Russell Brand yeah right like yeah, I've heard yeah, he's yeah. not that fussy and mm-hmm. I just feel like maybe like he he'd be into the idea and the time came he, there he was and I couldn't make eye contact. I was too couldn't shy. Make eye contact. You were too shy. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I was quite. I was quite ready to go up and say hello to him, but um, I just couldn't quite do it. He was wearing a straw cowboy hat. Um, and my husband has been likened to him in the past. There used to be a, a website of people who look like my husband dot com, <laughs> and as in my husband, I won't say his name, Mister Gabby. People who look like Mister Gabby dot com, and Russell Brand was um, a a feature. Russell Brand, I would say he doesn't look look like him so much, has like a lot of similar mannerisms. He's got he's got a lot of similarities with him, yeah. In terms of his probably his styling, but yeah. not his actual facial features. Yeah. <laughs> his styling and his mannerisms and his his really annoying habit of using long words where they aren't needed. Yeah. <laughs> does Mr. Gummy yeah. does do that? Have you not noticed? No. No, okay, I'll look out for that. Um, yeah, obviously the guy from The Last Kingdom is the guy who looks the most like Mr. Gabby. Oh, yes, yes, yes. If anyone's wondering, the, um, what's his name? King is, Alfred. Uh, King Alfred. King Alfred from The Last Kingdom is basically mm-hmm. my husband's doppelganger. Um, <laughs> God, we digress again. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, I think that's all the announcements that we have to make. So um, if you would like to catch up with us or send us a message um you can do so on instagram at big fat negative on twitter at big fat negative you can email us big fat negative podcast at gmail.com you can buy our book oh it's called big fat negative mad yeah mad <laughs> who'd have thought um <laughs> Uh, it's also very good. Get, it's, it's very good, guys. It's extremely good. You can get that at um, in good bookshops and purveyors of books. Um, and also, we would love it if you would um, re- give the podcast a little review, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts, because it helps other people to find it. And exactly. we've been getting some really nice reviews recently. And it's Aww, really thank lovely. you, everyone. That's really kind. You're all yeah. great. We love you yeah. so much. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. All right. Well, enjoy, Erin. Enjoy, and we will speak to you at the end of the podcast. Yes. Erin, welcome to the podcast. Oh, thank you so much. It's so nice to speak with you ladies, finally. You too. I've been stalking you on Instagram for too long. <laughs> um, uh, uh, well, as you know, I'm sure we start all of our podcasts with the same question, which is, tell us about your journey. Oh, so I guess my journey started in November last year. I've always been, you know, full gun-ho, career-orientated. I've been in a relationship with my now husband for the last eight years, but I've very much been like, nope, not ready for kids. 
kids mm. are a future error and problem, kind of not really thinking about it. And then I did a little show called SAS Australia, which I know you guys are familiar with because we had the same bloody four big burly men thrashing us over here in Australia called um, SAS Who Dares Wins, I think is yours over there. <laughs> oh my God, yes. yes. I know, I'm, I'm absolutely nuts. And and I, I did that show and part of it is they put you through this crazy physical and mental medicals to check that you're of sound mind although you're never of sound mind if you do that show (laughs) and and body and body to do the show and part of it is of course you do blood tests you you check that your body's sort of fit and able to cope and and I just thought hey like I've never done an AMH test all of my friends sort of starting to get their heads around fertility and having children had said look just just get it done it's really easy you can just ask your doctor you're getting other bloods anyway just try. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I've always been on the pill for about 16 years at this point since I was 16 mm. and, you know, mm. never really had any issues with periods. Skipped them a lot of the time because I was low iron and it's not even a proper period anyway. So, you know, kind of just not something I ever really thought about. And my AMH came back as really, really low. And I kind of wasn't surprised because I've never had a whoopsie. I'm not really great at the whole take one pill a day thing. And <laughs> yeah, it kind of it kind of shocked me into going, oh, okay, well, you know, I'm I'm 32. I don't think I'm there yet, but I don't want this part of my life to pass me by. Let's yeah. go and get some tests done with my husband, who's, by the way, desperate to be a dad. He's okay. blessing, very, very ready. So in November last year, we went to see a fertility specialist and when he did the internal, he went, oh, you've got a lot of eggs. This doesn't really make sense with the AMH reading of around a 4.2 or something, I think it was. Mm-hmm. So I got okay. given, he goes, mm, you, you sort of present as someone who has the complete opposite issue. To me, this looks like PCO. And so when that test came back, I was actually a 34.4, not a six of quite something yeah something really low so it ended up that I had the complete opposite issue to what I thought I had and I never had a period because of this polycystic ovaries or multicystic ovaries that they call it luckily I don't have the syndrome but I have this mass amount of eggs which has prevented me from having a period and it wasn't until I'd you know, done these blood tests for SAS, came off the pill after doing the show and didn't get a period for that long that I even realised that I had had an issue. And, yeah, sort of since then I've been trying to freeze embryos and, and start the process of IVF now that, you know, my husband and I have got our heads around the, the process and things have been, I guess, a lot more difficult than mm. anticipated. So it's kind of, yeah, kind of something which wasn't intending to be what it was and ended up snowballing into oh my gosh like this is actually an issue and this actually really might take us some serious time before we're ever maybe able to so yeah so I kind of dipped my toe into the fire and was looking to uh you know come up with a bit of a safety net for future Erin and it ended up that the safety net kind of broke really and it's been hard to even get the embryos together let alone even think about transferring them so that's sort of the short yeah the short part of it where are you currently with it? Just about to start my third egg collection cycle okay. and and creating embryos with um, my hubby. So mm-hmm. first round I ended up with absolutely nothing, which really kind of threw me into a bit of a fit of despair, which is actually where I first found you lovely ladies because I found mm-hmm. myself just trying to educate myself, find other people going through a similar situation, actually just 
give thought to infertility because it wasn't really something that I'd ever contemplated before in the past. It wasn't something that I was sort of looking, you know, I wasn't looking to fall pregnant that minute, but it's the sort of age old, the second something's taken away from you, you didn't realise how much you actually wanted it in in the first place. So, yeah, it it was a big shock to the system to, you know, spend all the money, put your body through all of that to come up with absolutely nothing and then not only realise that, oh, you know, it's never going to be normal for me, but it might actually really take me a long period of time to even get to a point where, you know, I might actually be able to even try to fall pregnant. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's been a bit of a roller coaster. The second round was more successful than the first. We got three embryos to freeze, which was great. Okay. And I'm about to start my third round because in an ideal world, which, you know, <laughs> who knows if that even exists, but hopefully two children would be amazing. So my doctor suggests I need around seven embryos on ice to, okay. to give that a go. Yeah, so not even transferring yet. It's still a long way to go before that point, but just sort of trying to gun ho get through these egg collections while I'm as young as I possibly can be. And how is that, like, how's your head? Where's your head at right now? Oh, she's all over the shop. Uh, <laughs> depends on the day. I, I think, and obviously that's a lot to do with the hormones and because I actually don't have a cycle at all, they've discovered with all of these beautiful internal ultrasounds that I'm having oh, every other Oh, week. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's amazing how desensitised you can get in a very short period of time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, like, whatever, mate, go for it. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I I, I, I did. I'm very scrambled a lot of the time and, and I have these periods of moments where I go, right, like I think – like this is just going to have to happen now. Like let, let's get them in there. Let's go for it. And times where I go, oh, uh, I'm not sure that I can handle this at the moment. And and I think because they put me on the pill to create a cycle because I don't naturally ever have a cycle, mm-hmm. I'm kind of getting the hormones from coming off and on the pill, obviously getting the hormones from the stims, obviously getting mm-hmm. the come down from, from each collection as well. And, yeah, it's 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 a lot. And then also grappling with the whole, I don't kind of feel ready, but is the universe telling me that it's kind of now, now or never? It's, yeah, it's 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 a lot. I, I don't really know where I sit most <laughs> most days. So you're not, you're still, the plan is still to freeze the embryos, not to put any of them back in for the time being. We're sort of thinking early next year after we get through a few big work commitments is probably yeah. the plan. The, the, the thing is as well with what my husband and I do for work is we both travel a lot, we're both overseas a lot and yeah. and finding a time that suits the schedule is is almost as difficult in many ways. So it, in, in an ideal world, that would be probably when we'll start getting our heads around transferring and seeing how we go. Yeah. I mean, you said that you kind of, you've dipped your toe into the kind of infertility community. Does the fact that you're kind of planning to freeze all at the moment, does it make you feel a little bit at odds with the rest of the community? How have you felt yourself kind of sitting within it? I I think sometimes I I do definitely feel that way because in some ways I'm expressing the fact that I feel very hurt and very confused and and very worried of the fact that, you know, realistically there's a good chance that, you know, it it may never happen for me. And the fact that I went Mm. through that, that cycle where there was completely nothing and 
and you know subsequently even though I have a lot of eggs I now know that um, quantity does not equal quality and so, and there's so yeah. many other factors that go into it um, but but I think you know everyone's journey is is completely different and perhaps I'll never feel ready to to get my head around this and 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 I guess the feelings of confusion are as valid as as any other part of of infertility and and the fact mm-hmm. that I have been so I suppose distraught and upset by the lack of my body doing what quote unquote it's it should be able to do and 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 sort of I suppose dipping my toe in, in in like you mentioned and kind of putting my story out there for for other people to to connect with the response that I've had shows me that um, people are accepting of me and where I'm at and people are understanding of, of me mm-hmm. and where I'm at. And, and, you know, we're, we're a much larger community than I had ever realized. So oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a place for everyone in every stage of, of this infertility journey, I suppose. And I guess I'm just very aware, thanks to, to lovely ladies like you and, and the people that, you know, I have been, connecting with and, and listening to and reading about, um, you know, it's, they're all very real possibilities for me. And I just want to educate myself and surround myself with the right people and the right yeah. education so that, you know, if or when the journey does continue and, and, and is difficult for me, I feel like I'm, I'm not alone. And, and I guess the response that I've had from other people shows, shows me that uh, they are connecting with the things that I'm talking about. Obviously, you know, even you know egg collection and freezing within itself is is can be quite a traumatic thing and, and yeah I think I think going through a cycle and things you know coming up with nothing at the end of it is yeah is has been a, a real a real lesson in itself and something that I I feel like I need to yeah I suppose you know beef up my armor and prepare myself for what potentially lies in the future because it, you know it's it's such a it's such a long a long long journey and and I mm. guess there is so much I don't know and so much we all don't know about about the yeah. process. It's hard to to get your head around and feelings of confusion, uh, I guess, just as valid as as any other feelings. I think you're you're in quite a unique situation, aren't you? Because you haven't had the kind of the oh we're trying naturally stage, right? So you haven't had the like monthly, oh, I might be pregnant. Oh, I, no, I'm not. Oh, I might be pregnant. Oh, I'm not. Do you feel like weirdly that's something you've missed out on? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that was one of the biggest things that I grieved when I first got the news back from from my doctor in that the likelihood of me ever being able to conceive naturally was so very low because mm. in all the times that he checked me within when I'd stopped the pill and 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 didn't get us you know didn't get a period for eight months is there was never ever, ever any evidence that I actually had a cycle so the likelihood of me having an ovulation might, might be once or twice a year if that so mm-hmm. I kind of grieved the loss of it ever being a normal process and and that upset yeah. me more than I thought it would for someone who kind of never had really gotten their head around you know, um, I, I suppose going through that, going through that at all. So it was a really confusing time because for someone who didn't think that they were that maternal but knew that they wanted to be a mother in the future to feeling that huge sense of inadequacy that my body couldn't do yeah. what my body was meant to be able to do and in that sort of primal sense, it was, it was really difficult. And I think that was when I sort of felt like I wanted to, express those emotions too because I surely can't be the only person 
who who has felt that way in that moment that they've mm. discovered that hey you know their, their body wasn't able wasn't able to do that so so yeah I really did did grieve that process and you know I was like oh I'll never be able to it, it will never be a surprise it will either be mm, a relief yeah. that it worked or the devastation that it didn't and that was a bit of a bitter pill to swallow when I wasn't ready to kind of swallow it in the first place I suppose it kind of all came at me and a bit, a bit of a tidal wave when you know I was I sort of mentioned before like I was there to sort of create my little safety net and yeah. and have things mm-hmm. you know all my ducks in line for when I was ready and all of a sudden the safety net kind of broke and I was there going oh shit like I, I don't even mm. know what to think about this right now so yeah it's been, it's been a lot to get my head around for sure. I mean you've you've talked about how kind of your husband's a bit more ready than you are and and he's a bit more kind of paternal and and you talked about feelings of guilt that you've had. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? How are you feeling at the moment on that one? How's he making you feel on that one? Yeah, oh God, bless him. He is <laughs> so excited to be a dad. And and, and that, that really calms me a little bit too because for all the, the feelings that I have of feeling like, oh, like, am I ready? Can I do this? He's just so 100% all in there yeah. <laughs> um you know best uncle in the world and and very supportive and, and you know to his credit for someone who was probably ready to be a dad five years ago in our eight-year relationship and it's taken me a little bit longer to get there he's never put any pressure on me but the second I've kind of given it in he's he's run a mile so like he's the guy that <laughs> when I had those tests done last year he's there going great I'll find us a doctor. I asked all my friends, this guy's really good. Like, let's go and see him. I booked the appointment. Like he's really proactive. And that's so nice because <laughs> men are usually not the proactive ones in this process. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a million percent. So he's he's been very, very pro on, on, on the baby train and pro doing whatever it, you know, whatever, whatever it takes to sort of get get me where I need to be um, physically and mentally, which has been really wonderful. But but yeah, I think when you've got a partner who is so desperate to be a dad, I kind of already felt like I was letting him down, not being there yet mentally. Mm-hmm. And then when your body physically fails you in that sense, I felt really guilty because I was like, if you're with someone else, like you could, you could have had two kids by now. You could have been, you know, in your little yeah. little happy family. And, and I, you know, the, the guilt of me going, feeling like, oh, you know, what if I can never give you this? Like, you know, God, I'm even about to cry right now while I'm talking to you guys, mm. but it's, um, it's very, it's really yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's really hard. And, um, Erin, do you have a tissue nearby? I actually don't. How dumb was that? <laughs> <laughs> we should warn um, people. We should warn people. I know. People. No, no, it's, it's always therapy. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think the biggest thing about sort of sharing this journey is it's been as much for me as it is for whoever it is that wants to listen because it is cathartic yeah. having to sort through your feelings and your yeah. emotions and and um try and make my own sense of how I'm feeling because yeah and and, and you know I always want maybe wonder in a way was it my mind's way of alluding me to the fact that my body wasn't going to find this easy that sort of made me go oh you know mm. maybe you know you'll, you'll get there eventually or oh yeah. is, is this right for you it's it's funny it's made me sort of question the universe a little bit in a way and I'm not a super yeah. spiritual person in my day-to-day life but you kind of go oh is this was this the universe's way of saying this is not going to be easy for you or yeah it, it's 
I guess, yeah, I, I found it really confusing. It's so normal to feel like this. It's so normal to have the guilt. Like I had it hideously um, all the way through IVF because, you, you know, you, as a woman, you're supposed to be able to give your husband a child. Like it's basically all, all they cared about until about 50 years ago. Hmm. And it's, you know. <laughs> Thank God we live now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank but God we've so, got more to give. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hard when you can't do that and the feelings of guilt are horrible it is it is but I mean I don't need to say this but it's not your fault and no there's a lot of people out there in the same boat so it's you know you just got to move past those feelings as much as possible it sounds like you've got the right guy to help you do it yeah he's he is amazing and then thank goodness because it would be uh well I mean as as you guys very well know, it's it's such a lot to put your body through, and and I think that's been some of the confusion for me sometimes too, is because I'm kind of going, like I'm doing this for future Erin. Future Erin absolutely wants a family, just with the nature of my job and what I do. I, it's it's made it hard to sort of find the time, find the right time for us. Like we're actually mm-hmm. based in separate cities as well. So I, I live in Sydney in Australia, and he's based in Brisbane if he's not mm-hmm. overseas. And and as a professional cricketer. My husband's away for six plus months of the year. So whilst I have taken a bit of time to get my head around being ready, there's also been those um, circumstances, I guess, which, you know, all all go towards probably me being in that frame of mind as much as anything else. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, this this whole whole process of of going through IVF and getting our ducks in a row and and having the, the little embryo babies ready to go for when the time was right mm-hmm. felt like obviously the the right thing for us to do in this moment and then you know when things kind of didn't work out the first round and you realize even with this with a successful round how little success you do have too you know you go mm-hmm. from 18 follicle or sorry 20 20 follicles to 18 eggs to to three embryos I'm obviously super thrilled with three embryos but you kind of go they're really shitty odds aren't they <laughs> And and then you've got to hope that the transfers take and they tell you that there's only a, you know, 25 to 30% chance of some of my age that they take. So you're going to need like this many for this many kind of go, oh my gosh, like getting your head around all of this stuff is, is, is crazy. And you go, oh man. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. I think maybe that should be like the tagline for IVF. IVF. It's a lot. It's a lot. 100%. It's a lot to get your head around. <laughs> yeah. Um, to, to change the subject completely, like you, you've um, kind of shared that the hormones have kind of wreaked havoc a little bit with your skin. Um, obviously, your job involves a lot of photographs of you. So how is that going? Yeah, the skin situation's been fun. As you mentioned, I spent a, I, I do a mix of TV presenting, modeling, um, performing on stage as a singer, bits mm-hmm. and pieces. So obviously, what's on the outside is important, and and the fact that my skin has been an absolute nightmare has has been a bit of a struggle. And, and you know, it's it's cystic acne and huge welts and and things like the photo I popped up on Instagram the other day. But then there's also dryness like skin mm. dryness, which is strange. Like how could you have oily skin and then dry skin all at once? And and yeah. I was someone who had pretty good skin my entire life. So that's been a real shock to the system. I found mm. uh, 
the DHEA that I've been on as well because I, I I carry a lovely neural tube defect, something else I found ah. out with my blood tests. Um, so, yeah, so I've been pumped full of folic acid and my testosterone levels are also very low. So I've been on the DHEA and even just with the fertility supplements and, and that particular testosterone supplement, I've noticed baby hair growth as well. Which has right. been really fun. Um, oh, fucking hell. I mean, is it like, yeah, like enough? Do you know what I mean? I know, I know. I'm, you know, you're getting hair growing where hair's never grown before, <laughs> bad, bad skin. Oh. And yeah, so I, I kind of dealing with all of those changes in my body already yeah, kind of it's- almost starts preparing in a way, doesn't it, for hopefully pregnancy one day because, you know, your body is responding in ways that you're not used to, the mood yeah. swings. Like, Ben looks at me sideways and I just, cried like what is wrong with me when he goes are you okay I'm like no and I don't know why it's just yeah it's 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 been a lot and you know as I'm sure you ladies know it's injecting yourself because you've got to do it at a certain time each day in your car or in an airport toilet or mm-hmm. right before you walk into an event and, and then you're going oh hi everyone yep no everything's fine no wasn't just stabbing myself in the toilet with a couple of needles like everything's fine nothing to see here it's yeah it's it's just a lot and I'm not a very organized person so it's been a lot of alarms a lot of routines a lot of remembering to take your supplements every day a lot of you know and, and living between two cities like I do it's taking my sharps on the plane with me each time and oh God, answering yeah. the questions why it goes through security having my little note to say it's okay I'm going through IVF this is the reason it's yeah it's oh, as we said before it's a lot <laughs> it's a lot to it's get your head around and yeah so sort of it's yeah it's been a bit of really interesting journey and and the the changes in my body already have been a little you know a lot to get my head around so I guess a sort of coming clean and and sharing my story as well I, I just sort of felt like it was a really good way to not only tell my story which I was you know finding really cathartic to actually voice the absolute mess and gibberish that was going in my brain but it was nice to sort of have that full disclosure of hey I'm not really myself at the moment and this is why Mm -hmm. and I might look different and I might sound different and I might look at you and have a conversation and feel like I'm a million miles away and Mm. and this is the reason why so yeah I'm sort of a person who wears they're hard on their sleeve a lot anyway so when someone kind of looks at you and says you know how how are you I find it really hard to lie and Mm. to say that I'm fine when I'm not so yeah so I think bad skin's just one of the many fun joyous things (laughs) that I've discovered you finding um because you know Gabby and I were big fans of like big shapeless like tunicky dresses during our IVF experiences are you I mean you are you finding there's kind of bloating? Are you having to change up your wardrobe? Oh, absolutely. I love a good suit because mm, a good suit, oh, a, yeah, you know, good oversized shirt. blazer, definitely mm-hmm. a good, a, a, a really, a, you know, you can have it short so you get your legs out and you feel like there's some sort of shape going on, but definitely a, a sort of a tunic blousey dress is a great idea because having polycystic ovaries like I do, I'm looking at 22 plus follicles every time I stim. So, as we all know, if they all blow up to be over 20 millimetres each follicle, 
I've got ovaries that are the size of bloody eggplants inside of there. So I really get very, oh, they're huge. Like I look at myself going, I dead set look like I'm three months pregnant right now. So I I really found I was getting very uncomfortable towards the end. And even in the week or so after, as everything kind of calms down, I I was finding that I was noticeably a lot more bloated. So comfort was absolutely key and sort of walking around with a heat pack strapped to my body at all times of the day was kind of a necessity so and it, it wasn't about hiding anything like I said I, I've been quite a, quite open with what I've been going through but just the comfortability you, you feel mm. you feel really gross but as soon as you start taking that second injection I reckon that's when oh, shit no. gets real and you start feeling <laughs> foul yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I mean so this might that. be a hard question to answer but I think you know if you look at Instagram particularly before you came out on the fertility front, your life looks absolutely perfect. Do you think it's kind of good to be able to show that behind the camera, sometimes things aren't always absolutely perfect? Uh, I don't think anybody has has a perfect life. And, and I've definitely been, I suppose, guilty of only showing the shiny parts just because, you know, in, for most parts of my life, I've been incredibly lucky and, in, and incredibly privileged. And, you know, I... I live in a, a lovely country. I, I live in Australia. I've had a great, you know, great upbringing, great parents, and and I kind of didn't really feel like I had I had too many ugly bits to show, which is yes, yeah, mm. such a blessing to be perfectly honest. And 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 I didn't feel like any of the of the parts that maybe weren't so shiny, I had enough to share. I think we're all very guilty on Instagram of showing that curated shiny beautiful side of our lives sometimes because it's it's just easier that way it's not easy to to show what's and all I think because you open yourself to to criticism and to comment and the parts of my life that weren't so shiny I guess I didn't feel like I had enough to to contribute and to I suppose back up why I was feeling that way if if that makes sense but but with this infertility journey I, I really felt like you guys were probably one of the only resources that I found and, and enjoyed listening to that kind of took me on the journey from the beginning. So I, I kind of got pregnant with you as I was listening to things <laughs> and, and went through IVF with you and, and I really appreciated that insight. So when it became apparent that my journey was perhaps going to be something similar, I thought, well, all I'm doing is looking for resources of people who are going through what I'm going through in real time and I found mm-hmm. that in you. And I thought if, if I can be that to someone else, then like, fuck it, be that person, like bear it mm-hmm. all. And, and selfishly, it does help me too. Like I've already said, it, it does yeah. help me to voice how I'm feeling. So, so you know, it, it's real life. I'm trying to be a more authentic version of myself online yeah. because not only yeah. does it help me, but it seems to help others. So I think that's, yeah, I think, I think it's a really good thing. And, and the more we normalize this and, the number of people who I knew of, but many, many, many more that I didn't know of in my life, who I thought I was close with, who I've actually found out have gone through this is is astronomical. And, and the number of people that reach out sort of silently and say, hey, look, me too, I'm going through it, then, then great. You know, it, everyone deals with things in their own way and everyone is more than entitled to, to, to go through this process in whatever way they see fit. But yeah, if someone like me can deal with it, with being open and it helps people, then, you know, I'm more than happy to, to be that person. So, 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny, isn't it? It it just helped. Like, it's definitely the the last few series of this have have definitely been us kind of motivated by helping people through. But the first series was definitely us just trying to like figure out what was going on in our heads. I think in a big way, right, Gabs? Yeah, absolutely. It was like counselling. Yeah, it's a good rant. Good old. It's rant. a therapy session. Yeah, um, it just it just helps you just to get it out. Um, okay, so Erin, thank you so much for being so generous and so open with us and with your experiences. Um, but just before we end, I just wanted to kind of ask what is next for you? Like, when's your next egg collection? What is going to happen after that? So, uh, well, first of all, thank you for listening to that absolute rabble that has come out of my, <laughs> out of my brain. And, and I think the number one thing I've taken away from this is you know, it is it is such a learning process and it is such a journey and mine's just starting a little bit earlier than some other people who are a little bit more fortunate to have, you know, bodies that are working working in that way. But, you know, mm-hmm. I, I think in, in, in some ways this journey has actually helped me get to the place where I need to be at to get my head around, around motherhood and, and I guess to mm. appreciate just how truly special and what a miracle each tiny little bummer is and I, I feel like I've educated many of my friends who've had many children very successfully with <laughs> about how things actually work in their own bodies yeah. <laughs> they go oh is that what happens I'm like yeah mate I can tell you exactly how it is that that little <laughs> that little guy came to be but no I appreciate you having me on and, and listening to the ramble but you know for me I'm just about to start my third egg collection in the hope of getting enough embryos to to maybe have my own little family of two one day so I'm back on the pill the joys I'll be going to see my doctor next week I should have seen him last week but COVID prevented that appointment the poor guy finally got struck down so so I'll be seeing my doctor next week we'll do a beautiful little internal ultrasound check that I've healed up okay from my last egg collection and hopefully take take me off that pill encourage that cycle to start and then we'll start stems again from there so yeah onto onto my third egg collection and and really praying that it's my last one but you know knowing very well that it may not be and just preparing myself for whatever comes yeah it's we roll on we we continue we're rooting for you yeah absolutely I appreciate that. And thank you so much for everything that you guys do. You're you're truly wonderful and you've really helped me the last the last eight or nine months or so. So thank you. We loved hearing from you. Thank you so much for sharing your story. Normally being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Now it's time for IVF. What the F? Um, right, so we are talking about what happens if your body doesn't respond that well to stims. Mm, yeah. Um, it's one of those things that like you you give your body over to science when you do IVF and you just mm-hmm. expect that the drugs that you're putting into your body are going to have the desired effect. And, mm-hmm. you know, we've heard many times now where it hasn't and it's it is very confusing. Yeah, um, it is. And it's funny because I always think in this situation about, um, do you remember in the first series we interviewed Katya? Mm, yeah. And we talked about um, they ended up going to Greece. And I reckon we still get an email a week from somebody asking for contact details of the clinic in Greece. Yeah, we do. Um, Because she didn't respond very well at all and then went over to Greece. And then I think I I can't remember what they did differently, but um, I guess Professor Tim can tell you a little bit more. Absolutely, he can. Let's, Let's hand over to Prof T. So before having IVF, the most important test really from an IVF perspective, is to check the woman's ovarian reserve. And we measure the ovarian reserve nowadays really by doing an AMH or anti-malarian hormone blood test. Um, you, you can also do an antral follicle count scan to look at the number of resting follicles in the uh, ovaries. And the traditional test is a FSH, or follicle stimulating hormone blood test, although that's not particularly useful. So AMH is the main one. So what we then do is we look at the AMH level and the higher the AMH result, the higher the woman's ovarian reserve, i.e. the higher the number of eggs in the ovaries. And what you do is you therefore reduce the stimulation dose. So you try and avoid overstimulation and too many follicles or eggs being produced. In women with a very low ovarian reserve, so low AMH or low antral follicle count on, on scan, you therefore give a higher dose of stimulation. The problem is, is that there comes a point where you can, you can give more and more stimulation and the ovaries will just give what they can give. And if there's a very low ovarian reserve, you may just get a very low number of follicles and therefore eggs being developed. And there may not be a lot that can be done about that. So if you do have no or little response to stims, the main thing to, to, to check is, well, what is your ovarian reserve? And if it's low, was the dose of your stimulation adjusted appropriately? People have also looked at whether supplements such as DHEA may help uh, the ovarian response in women with a low ovarian reserve. And I, I, I think the jury's out on that one. The studies are very poor quality 
and I honestly don't know whether DHEA helps or not. I've sort of seen, seen it both ways when it has been used in, uh, in my patients. I think if you are overweight and you have a low ovarian response, then normalising weight can also um, help. Hello. Um, just to warn you, once again, if you do not want to hear about the outcome of a pregnancy test, now is the time to turn off the podcast and we'll see you next week. Yes, guys, we're about to hear from Emma um, and the results. And yeah, if you want to listen, do. If you feel like you can't, please switch off and we'll see you next week. Okay, Emma, um, the TWW is over? Yeah, it's over. Okay. All right. How do we want to tackle this? Well, I'm just going to go out and say it. So anybody that doesn't want to listen to the results of a pregnancy test after IVF, please, please, please turn off now. Like, I honestly... If, it, if you think it's going to be better for your mental health, just turn off. And yeah. Fine. Yeah. Um, and then you can kind of skip forward, I would say, 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. 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 And then um, you'll get to the Erin Holland interview, which is really interesting. And she's so sweet and nice. She is lovely. She's yeah. really lovely. And also we'll okay. put the exact time code in the show notes. So if you're not sure, go to, go to the show notes. Yes, exactly. Um, but yes. And so, yes, stop listening now. 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 Okay. Okay, mate. Um, so. So. Um, what happened? So, in short, I've got, I had another positive pregnancy test. Mm. Um, and I really think maybe we should just start selling BFN to people. <laughs> like, we've never had a negative pregnancy test on this show, which is insane. It is a bit strange, isn't it? Um, I... <sighs> It's interesting because the last the last time we did a two week wait episode, we did Sophie's one, and somebody mm. messaged us afterwards saying, "I really wish you'd stop doing these." Mm. Um, and I I like empathise. You know, we had said don't listen, but I empathise with her because sometimes you just want to hear somebody get a negative result. You know, mm. you want to hear somebody who's in the same place as you. Um, but I I also think with most of the ones that we've done, what they haven't, you know, what what doesn't necessarily come across while we're recording is all the heartache and hideousness that goes into it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we had Liz who'd been trying for, I think, was it four or five years, who'd had heartbreak after heartbreak, who'd lost embryos, who had only made it to transfer stage once, mm-hmm. who'd had like so many cancel rounds. My last time I'd had three cancel rounds before I made it to, to transfer stage. And we, of course, hadn't hadn't recorded my first transfer, right? Which was... Um, which was negative. Yeah. Um, Sophie had been trying for three years before she got to the point where she could do IVF. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think what you don't hear here is the heartbreak and, and that makes it sometimes very difficult to listen to. Well, you do hear it in the build-up, but you don't hear it in that episode, the reveal episode. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. If, if you've been following along, you will have heard the struggle but yeah, because if you're tuning in directly to the two week wait episode reveal and it's positive, then yeah, you're kind of missing the context a little bit. Um, yeah, but even you know, even when we did my last two week wait episode, you know, we only started recording BFN in August, and I had my positive in November, but I'd just been through four years hmm. of trying for a baby, so you know, I'd had a year between transfers with rounds getting cancelled and cancelled and cancelled. So I think we still, we didn't quite get the kind of heart, heartbreak and the, the difficulty of it. Um, 
so with this one, I, I actually took my test early because I last week we talked about the kind of the random pain and cramps that I'd been having and the fact that I'd had a day of like being sick and having a temperature mm. and stuff. Mm. Um, the pain just kind of didn't really subside. So on the um, Wednesday, I was due to take a test actually on the Sunday, but on the Wednesday, you know, I, I thought, I've been on Instagram for long enough to know that by day eight after a five-day transfer, you've day seven after a five-day transfer, you're fairly likely to get a decent line if you are pregnant. Mm. Um, so I was like, fuck it, I'm going to take a test. And if it's negative, I can come off these drugs. Mm. So I took my test and it was positive and that was obviously wonderful. But um, but I was just in so much pain. Like I, I couldn't really sit up properly. I couldn't walk around properly. Mm. Um, I was, it was just awful. It was excruciating. And the next morning I woke up and I was like, there's definitely like something's not right here. Like this, mm. this, this shouldn't be happening. Like this isn't just normal like post-transfer pains. So um, I phoned my mum. Obviously. I mean, yeah. Who else is it going to call? Yeah. And and cried a lot. And um, she was like, right, that's it. I'm going to get you an appointment. And so basically I knew that there was something going on. It was all on my, all the pain was on my left side. I knew there was something going on with my left ovary. I was, I knew it. Mm-hmm. And I knew that if I went to A&E, like our local A&E has notorious on waiting lines, I would spend 12 hours waiting. Yeah. Um, only to be told, oh, sorry, it hurts. Yeah. And then possibly referred for a scan in like two weeks' time. Which like I was like, I think there's something seriously wrong and I, I don't really want to have to wait that long for a scan. So I was like, I like I kind of want to, you know, skip, go and collect $200 or give away $200. So we looked for a – I asked my consultant at um, – the clinic if she could recommend somewhere in Kent or someone in Kent to see and I found someone who's like an hour and a half drive from here mm. um but a, basically a private doctor who had access to an ultrasound machine um and she we I went in like last thing on a Friday because it's the only time basically my mum had rung her her secretary and begged her until she could find a time to squeeze me in mm. which is last thing on a Friday and she, it was amazing actually to go into a, into a surgery and to kind of describe the pain to her and to just have her listen to me yeah. and take it really seriously. And I said, you know, I know a bit about this stuff. I've, I didn't say I've written a book, but I said, I'm a journalist. I write about this stuff quite a lot. Um, I think what was happening here is that I've got a burst endometrioma, which is a, a cyst um, or there's ovarian torsion, which is when your ovaries get twisted. Yeah. And she was like, right, here are the things that will happen if those things are happening. And I was like, yeah, I mean, sounds about right. Um, So she scanned me and this cyst that was when I went in for my original um, kind of baseline scan in May, original kind of consultation, Mm. um, was five centimetres. And it had grown to like almost nine centimetres across. That's like fist sized, essentially yeah um and has burst and (sighs) and that's that's funny enough i'm in an excruciating amount of pain and incredibly bloated it's Mm -hmm. because i've just got like an extra little fist in my abdomen um can i ask a question yes 
At any point, was your clinic willing to scan you? Why is that not falling within their remit? Um, A really good question that I will answer. And that's my clinic was willing to scan me. Um, In fact, my consultant responded really well to my email saying, "Mm, is this amount of pain normal? She said, you should come in. I will scan you first thing tomorrow morning. Then I realized there was a fucking train strike on. I couldn't get up there. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, Which is why I tried to find somewhere in Kent I could drive to. Actually, my mum ended up driving me too. Because your mum's a hero. Because my mum's a hero. And also I wasn't completely sure that I was able to drive with mm, all that it pain. doesn't sound like a good t- a good time to drive no <laughs> um, um yeah and, and so what is the um what is the impact of this cyst going to be so what the doctor reckons has happened is that my as soon as it burst my stomach or my like guts basically did this thing where they just inflamed themselves to kind of contain the yik and prevent it spreading around my abdomen. Uh-huh. That's gross, isn't it? It's lovely, yeah. Um, and that's probably why I was being sick and had a temperature, was because it was essentially an infection, like inflammation. Mm. Um, and so she thinks that it's kind of contained it and that I shouldn't, like nothing bad will probably happen. Um, and that it, although it does have, it can be a bit risky for a pregnancy, um, so she said normally she would recommend surgery, laparoscopy to kind of get rid of it. But now I'm pregnant, that's not um, not a very good idea. It can okay. be quite harmful and risky, mm-hmm. more risky than if we just left it. So she just gave me the really good shit and prescribed shitloads of codeine. Right, okay. Um, which I am treating with caution because it's very addictive. Yeah, that's um, good. Yeah, but it's, um, it makes you constipated as well, doesn't it? Makes you constipated, mm. which you don't you don't want. No, you don't. No, I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> yeah. So that's where we are. Like, um, yeah, all this stuff. I, like, it's been hard because I d- I haven't felt the kind of overwhelming joy that mm. I had with last time because the pain has been so severe. Mm. that I've been like you know part of me has been like shit I have to go through nine months of this like Mm. when will it go and no Mm. one's able to say like oh yeah your body will reabsorb it Mm. no one said that no it's um it's horrible that it's happened because it has kind of robbed you of that moment of as you Mm. say kind of unbridled joy that you deserve because this Mm. is a special moment for you it's a big exciting and special moment and um it's just really sad that you've got to deal with this yeah it is but you know as somebody said to me last time when I was feeling so anxious and terrified about all this stuff like I'm not feeling any of that terror I'm not feeling anxious the pain is replacing any of that all of that um which in a way is a good thing I reckon like you know it just fucking hurts like but I'm not like feeling anxious or you know any Mm. of the stuff that I felt last time and Mm. last time I remember saying to the doctor like how how do I deal with this anxiety? Like, I'm really worried that I'm going to pass on to the baby. And the doctor just said, look, nature has given us nine months to bond with this thing that's growing inside you. Mm. So I just feel like for now, I, I can just kind of focus on myself yeah. and, the, and the pain that's, that I'm kind of experiencing. And then I'll have plenty of time, hopefully, to bond with it. Um, so I feel like... Again, this time around is so different. It's so much more, I feel so much more relaxed. It helps that I'm not like bleeding loads. Oh yeah, I mean, that doesn't help. 
Yeah, we're into almost week five of this pregnancy and not a spot of blood has been seen. Wow, Jesus. Yeah, including um, any implantation bleeding. None. It's a Christmas miracle. Yeah. So, you know, um, I feel... I'm beginning to, as a, as the pain is kind of sub- beginning to subside a little bit, it's giving me space to feel joy and and excitement. And this time around, I'm I'm allowing myself to do things like, if I see a name I'm like, I'm like, oh, I could I could choose that one, you know. Mm-hmm. Whereas last time I was like, no, I'm not allowed to think yeah. about anything. I will jinx it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you might actually plan a bit and buy things and stuff. Yeah, I was um in the baby aisle of a supermarket the other day while I was waiting for them to put together my massive pack of codeine um like enormous bag of codeine mm-hmm. um and I was with a friend and she was kind of buying stuff for her baby and I was like oh look at that that's cute and then I was like oh like thinking oh I can you know start thinking about this stuff again I obviously yeah. didn't buy anything I'm not that mental but um <laughs> we're on week five mate um but yeah and then the the um consultant emailed me today and was like oh yeah we need to think of it we need to do a scan um and then she gave me a date which is three weeks in the future and I was like oh fuck that's ages Mm, yeah um so you know so I do have some of the same kind of uh three the three week wait after the two week wait is is awful notoriously yeah yeah so you know I'm I'm in that now which is very scary Mm, well yeah I I wonder if I won't bond with it as much as I would have, as I did with, you know, with last time. Um, I don't know. I think, as you've just said, though, I think you're in a different space right now. Mm. And I think it'll naturally happen. Like, I think it's really hard to bond with a concept. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, you know, once you start getting all the feelings and all that kind of stuff, I'm sure it will come. Yeah. It's just, it's a very different place to be. And I'm, you know, I could do without like the agonizing, excruciating pain constantly. Yeah. I mean, that that would be good, right? <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. But um, but you know, obviously, very lucky. Um, and also, like, I feel like this is how people envisage IVF. Like that, you just do the IVF, and the IVF works. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I did. I didn't expect that. <laughs> I know. Well, I mean. <laughs> It's funny, isn't it? Especially after talking to Emma Barnett and you're like, this isn't guaranteed. Yeah. So, you you know, you are very lucky and it is wonderful news. It is wonderful news, yeah. Um, but um, so then the next, you know, obviously we've got five, four weeks left of this series. Um, We'll probably discuss it a bit, right? Mm. And then, af- then after that, no more. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you'll probably so that's probably four weeks left. That's probably enough to give us the outcome of the two week, uh, the three week wait. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, okay. So I'll get discharged from the clinic and discharged from BFN. Hopefully <laughs> dismissed. Dismissed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. 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 Fingers crossed. I mean, mm-hmm. that was so presumptuous of me. Listen to me presuming things. I know. Being so confident. Oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> Have you learnt nothing? Oh, no, clearly not. Well, it's great news. And I'm sure our listeners who have not switched off because they aren't in the right place are all delighted for you. So, yeah. you know, I'm sure. Thanks, mate. How was your week? Nice place. 
Ähm, ja. Anticlimax. <lacht> My week was fine. My week was fine. It was funny. Um, I guess I knew you were doing what you were doing. And I've just been kind of like, because I'm on the fence and leaning towards not doing any anymore. IVF. Um, I'm kind of like, I was like, I wonder what will happen to me mentally yeah. if Emma gets pregnant again. And and so, yeah, it's been it's been good I've been like I was there was a moment where obviously when you told me and I was like really excited and then I was like oh I'd like that excitement for us would that be nice um but then I've kind of kind of come back to all the reasons why I'm probably not going to do it again yeah so I think I'm all right I'm good I'm kind of really happy that you're where you are and I'm happy that I can be Auntie Gabby again yeah and I think I'm probably at peace oh mate I'm happy. You're happy. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I mean, obviously, next week I might change my mind. Well, you know, these things happen. <laughs> and we've we've got at least one more series of BFN to record. So. <laughs> yes. Never say never, right? <laughs> um, I just think yeah. at the moment I'm like, okay, this is good. I feel fine. I don't feel weird about it. Uh-huh. I feel excited for you. Not not sad for myself. So I'm okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, Probably the excruciating pain hasn't like been super encouraging. I'm not, no, I'm not entirely jealous of the fist in your belly <laughs> and the pain and the codeine and the, yeah, yeah, the, the puking. Yeah, the puking wasn't probably the high point. Yes, yeah, so even pregnancy that's... puking, You've fist prob- puking. <laughs> you probably helped me. Um, yeah, with yeah. your <laughs> your troubles have helped me. <laughs> Shall I tell you something funny? Yeah, go on about. I want to say like two months ago, I've made two purchases. One was a TENS machine that's designed specifically for period pains. Okay, yeah. The other was a special new hangover pill that has been invented called okay. Miracle. So two things that you don't need. Yeah, and I've used neither of them. Well, the the, the hangover pill only arrived like two days ago, and I was like, I'll take that, guys. I'll take that off your hand. Yeah, thirty quid, please. It's really fucking expensive. Thirty quid. What is yeah. in this pill? For a lot of pills. It's supposed to be really good. The Telegraph gave it a really good review. So what, sorry, you're going to have to talk me through this. <laughs> this I don't know. Is, this is in my, my wheelhouse. So I don't, I don't know the science, mate. But I would be interested in you trying it out. It's just a pill that takes your hangover away. Yeah. The next day or before? Yeah, yeah. No, the next day. So you take it before you go drinking. Before you go drinking, okay. Yeah. And it's supposed to, like, you don't have a hangover the next day. Does it also stop you from having a good time? No, I don't think so. Okay. I don't think you get as drunk. Yeah, okay. Well, that's probably a good thing. I don't yeah, drink I think drunk, so. so. Yeah. Um, interesting. Well, maybe we'll do that. That'll be my my experiment of the series. Yeah. I'll send it. I'll give one to you next. In fact, I'll, like, I'll tell you what. I'll bring one for you and Mr. Gabby on um, on Carfest Day. Oh, fantastic. A great idea. <laughs> you know Mr. Gabby's going to Carnival the day after Carfest? No, he's going to need two. Yeah, he's going to need to. Um, amazing. Well, sounds good. You Can you not use the TENS machine? Has it not got a dual dual use? Because obviously TENS machines are famous yeah, for... Yeah, for giving birth. Um, I don't know. I'll have Probably. to Google it. To be honest, okay. there was one period, I had one period between getting it and, like, and this situation, mm-hmm. and I was too scared to use it. Oh. Did yeah. you use a TENS machine when... And you gave birth last time? No. Okay. I used an epidural. 
Epidural machine. Nice. It was notoriously effective. <laughs> uh, it wasn't an option for me. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway. All right, guys. Well, um, I hope that news isn't upsetting in any way and you can kind of share in our excitement for Emma. Mm, thanks, Ariel. Yeah. And we promise we won't talk about it too much anymore. No. All right. Bye. Okay, well, that's it, isn't it? We're done. That is, the- that is it. We are finished. Today's episode is done. I hope you're all well after that. And um, yeah, sending loads of love. Yeah. Um, so next week, we're talking to Natalie Sutherland and Sumaya Wazani. Um, which was fun, wasn't it? It was fun. They were talking about um, infertility in the city, in the big city, making yeah, lots just... of money in the big city. He is dealing with high-powered jobs, isn't it? Because I yeah. think, you know, it's. I definitely, when I was in my last job, um, found it really difficult because I was kind of in the city. And it is just, you've got that added pressure. I, I, well, I don't know. It's a very masculine environment. It's a very masculine environment. Yeah, um, exactly. And it feels like when you're when you're doing well in that environment, you feel like you can't show any vulnerability as a woman. Yeah, exactly. And that's when Um, this whole thing starts to kind of, you know, become. Yeah. (laughs) So Natalie and Samaya are both. Well, Natalie's a current lawyer. Samaya's an ex-lawyer now recruiter. Um, Natalie became the she kind of hit the headlines earlier this year when she was made the world's well we think it's the world's first fertility officer at her company yeah and um, so she's going to talk about that a little bit and also her yeah. story is just oh mm, yeah it's a tough very, one yeah I've heard it twice now and both times I was like oh god um so yeah it's a really good one so um join us again bye Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.